Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Scrap Game News, where life truly is a scrap, but we built to go 15 motherfucking rounds in this fight. I am your host, the infamous Seratimus Knuckle, the low life, aka Smokey the Bear, aka none other than the great motherfucking Ike Turner, you dig? This is episode three, so let's get it on. Okay, good people. Uh, Before we get started with the scraps, uh, I definitely want to recognize a fighter of the people. Uh, He never fought in the squared circle. Uh, He never fought in the cage. But he stood out front for his people. And it's none other than Malcolm X, my superhero, One of my superheroes, I should say. Um, Again, Malcolm was a freedom fighter for his people. Um, He was fearless. He was bold. You understand? Malcolm stood up when other people were kind of like, you know, um, just endure and turn the other cheek and everything will be, you know, work itself out. <clears throat> well, you know, Malcolm was that that man that, that stood up out of the crowd and, and said, we're not going to take this shit no more. You understand what I'm saying? Um, if you're a man, you take your freedom. You don't beg for it. You don't ask for it. So... I definitely want to recognize uh, Malcolm X. This past week marked the 55th year of his passing. Um, Gunned down in New York in front of his family. Um, Three of the assailants that were caught, one confessed. The other two, I believe, were innocent. Um, Brother Butler, Brother Johnson... I believe they were innocent. I believe it was proven. And the government knew that as well. So, there was a lot of people that wanted to see Malcolm dead. You understand? Um, J. Edgar Hoover feared that there would be a black messiah who could polarize the melanated community and, uh, you know, bring about change. And, of course power structure at B um, they didn't want that to happen so you know as they listened to the internal riffs of what went on in the nation between Malcolm and uh, Elijah Muhammad um, you know whenever they could weasel their way in like always they did (laughs) They set their people in play. You know, Howes and Malcolm's killed in front of 400 people, nine which were undercover informants, and nobody knew what was going on. I'm not going to really get into it, but I definitely want to recognize Malcolm X as a fighter, no offense or buts about it, a champion of the people, um, our great black shining prince, if you will. You know, um, the only straight man in a crooked game 
You understand? So, I thank Malcolm X for what he did, just opening up his mouth. And um, he's missed. He's missed. And uh, we love you. So, dude, I'm sitting back a couple of weeks ago, and uh, on my social media timeline, you know, um, <clears throat> I keep hearing about Snoop Dogg going in on Gail King. You know what I mean? And at first, I was like, Gail King. That's Oprah's friend, ain't it? You know what I'm saying? Not that I give a fuck, but that's, you know, that's where I recognize that name from. And so, uh, you know, uh, Snoop is going in. So I pull up the, I pull up the video, you know, Snoop going hard on her. And come to find out. Come to find out, uh, Gail was interviewing Lisa Leslie, former WNBA All-Star. Lisa Leslie with the LA Sparks. Um, And she began to ask her questions about Kobe Bryant and how she, did she ever feel uncomfortable knowing that Kobe had been accused of rape and, you know, things of that nature I believe Lisa Leslie did the best she could in avoiding I mean she answered the questions you know stating that you know the person that everybody describes hey she never saw that person so of course uh, Gail King began to continue to you know shoot questions at her um, I, I think at one point Lisa Leslie said that you know Kobe had been acquitted of the charges and of course Gail chimed in well it's because the victim stopped showing up to the court dates and so you know she really pressed the issue now to me we have to question her motives um, was she doing her job as a journalist um, yes, she was doing her job as a journalist. Did she go too far? Yes, she went too far. Um, you know, Kobe hadn't even, Vanessa, Kobe's wife, hadn't even buried Kobe and his daughter. And here it is, Gail King is asking these questions. Now, my question to Gail King was, I mean, for Gail King is, um... When Kobe was alive, why didn't you ask Kobe these questions? When Kobe Bryant was winning Oscars, why wasn't be, why wasn't you know these statements being made? Um, the brother wasn't here to defend himself, and if you ask me, um, Gail was doing this for ratings. Um, 
to get the, her ratings up. Um, and it was unnecessary, you know. Now, with that being said, this nigga Snoop, you know what I mean? Kobe was his partner. So, you know, Snoop goes in on her. Calling her funky dog head bitch and, you know, I mean, really going in on her, telling her, you know, shut that shit down, bitch, before we come, you know, before we come get you. Now, of course, uh, of course, uh, you know, all of a sudden now it's Snoop threatens black women and he don't like them and da-da-da-da-da. And no, what it was is Snoop had a certain energy, you know, about it. His friend being gone and Gail disrespecting him. When she had ample opportunity to speak to Kobe when he was alive. Um, and I say that again, she had op- ample opportunity to speak to Kobe when he was alive. So, but instead, you know, she took it upon herself to go a little bit too far. Well, when you go too far, see, the one thing about the melanated community is we're a forgiving community. You understand me? But we will spank your motherfucking ass when you step out of bounds. You know what I mean? And um, that's what Snoop was saying when he was saying, we'll come, you know, we'll, we'll, before we come get you. We did, he didn't mean literally, you know, but on social media and wherever else that we could get a hold of Gil. But then, hey, man, you know, something's going to be said about it. Because, again, you went too far. You know. So as time went on, hey, man, you know, I guess Snoop had, had uh, spoken to his mother you know, and, um, you know, Snoop's mom, my mom, Gail King, Oprah, you know, they're, they're, they're around that same generation. You know what I mean? That Sam Cooke generation, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, Oprah and them might be a little bit younger, but nevertheless. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, if, if it was me and I went in on Gail's mud duck ass, you understand me? Uh, that uh, my mother probably would say, you know, hey, man, tone that back because I didn't teach you to be this way. And, um, you know, Snoop's mom felt like he went too far. So, you know, Snoop apologized for calling the broad out her name. You know, and um, I understand Snoop respecting his mother, you know. So, I mean, I had no issue with that. Um... But you know what it comes down to, man, is you really gotta you gotta call these coons out on what they do. Now, let's go over the definition of a coon. You know what I mean? A coon is anyone who's willing to sell out their race for monetary reasons or for some type of status. Um, I can give you a few examples: Gail King, Oprah Winfrey. Steve Harvey, Charles Barkley, Don Lamont, Stacey Dash, and of course, Birdface. <clears throat> that works for a different sports network, you know. And I, I, I'm not even gonna call his name, man. You know what I'm saying? 
In the first episode, I really had a lot to say about him. I don't even think I said exactly what I wanted to say. But fuck him. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that guy. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Coons should be addressed. You know, because you shouldn't be able to um, say any and everything you want to to reach a certain status or to, you know, gain some type of monetary <clears throat> some type of money, you know, behind it. And so, you know, we the only people that will sell us out. Now, I understand, you know, distrust was most definitely um, bred in us once we came to the once we came back to the United States, but this time it changed. You dig? So. Yeah, that was, it was, so, I mean, you know, it was a little scrap between Snoop and Gail. It wasn't nothing big, you know. She got out of bounds, and he checked her. And that's the bottom line, you know. Now, did he go about it the wrong way? It's not for me to say, you know what I mean? But it definitely needed to be addressed, you know what I mean? I appreciate him doing that, so. Good looking out to Snoop, D-O-Dub. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk scraps. Let's get with this real live walkie-talkie when it comes to the get downs. Okay. We're going to discuss marriage fights. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Johnny Bones Jones, the light heavyweight 205-pound champion of the UFC, defended his title against Dominic Reyes. Undefeated fighter. I think he was like 12-0. and 0. Um, very athletic, a little bit taller than John, and, um, you know, the expectation I had was that, you know, John is going to utterly dominate, dominate Reyes, that is, and, um, it was nothing of the sort. You know what I'm saying? If I'll be honest, <clears throat> at what I saw in the cage, I, I had it three to two for Reyes. But I also understand why Johnny Bones Jones did not lose. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um, to me, it was kind of some bad scoring in there. <clears throat> um... You know, whether the takedowns really... John got, I believe, one more takedown than Reyes. But John got hit with a motherfucking left head all motherfucking night. Well, you know, all night as far as the fight goes. He got hit with it. You know what I mean? I don't know if he was hurt. I believe he was. But, you know, we don't know. So... But um, I really think it was some bullshit scoring. You know what I mean? Just like in the Derrick Lewis uh, Latifi fight. These are heavyweights. Um, To me, Derrick Lewis got took down and drug. You know what I mean? And I love Derrick Lewis. 
You know what I mean? But uh, to me, he lost that fight. But he was, but it was given to him. You know, it was the distance, three rounds. It was given to him. Now Shevchenko. You know what I'm saying? Young Shevchenko, the UFC uh, 125-pound women's flyweight champion, Bullet Valentina is what she calls herself, you know? And uh, she defended her championship. I mean, and it was utter, it was straight dominance. You know what I mean? I'm sorry that I didn't have the young lady's name, but to be honest with you, she was not fucking worth remembering you understand what I'm saying and this is what I wanted John to do I wanted him to dominate you know what I mean not have another controversial law I mean controversial win you know but come to find out um Bloyovich and Corey Anderson had a fight in which it was kind of like a title shot eliminator you know, Corey Anderson came in. Uh, we had a couple, that strong, a couple of knockouts together, um, and was looking to do the same. You know, against Blakovich because he had beat him before. Well, you know, the tides had turned, and uh, <clears throat> Corey got knocked the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? I believe it was a right hand like an uppercut uh Corey dropped you know what I'm saying he kind of he didn't go stiff but he dropped you you know he was hurt and then my man finished with one hammer fist and Corey's body straightened out bingo you know what I'm saying that motherfucker fight was over with first round so Black Blackovich uh runs over to the cage says John you're next you know what I'm saying being that they were fighting in uh Albuquerque New Mexico John showed up to the fight, uh, you know, maybe to do a little scouting or something. But uh, Bloyovich runs over to the fence, points to John, you're next. You know, John stands up, um, flexes, you know, gets gets the crowd going. And um, with that performance by Blakovich, I believe that puts him in title contentions. You know, now at first, just a week earlier, everybody was screaming for a rematch between, you know, Reyes and and Bones Jones. But, uh, you know, my man put Blowich, Blackovich puts put on such a great performance that, hey, man, ain't nobody even interested in seeing the Reyes um, Jones fight. Well, not anytime soon anyway. So, the cool thing about it is um, the state that I'm from, which is Kansas. You know what I mean? <clears throat> now, now let me say this before y'all get to tripping. You know what I'm saying? About Kansas and Dorothy. You know what I'm saying? Dorothy is, 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 is a badass bitch. And Dorothy's a hoe. You know what I'm saying? Got pit bull. Got the pit bull in the backyard. Cuz name is Toto. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> um, Scarecrow, cuz gone off that blow. Ten men riding up and down Grove with a loaded fofo. Um, 
you know, it ain't no yellow brick roads, but it's real lions on Grove. You know what I'm saying? And that's Wichita, Kansas, man. So don't fool yourself <clears throat> about these flatlands. We're no different than any, no different than anybody or any other city. You know what I'm saying? That has a a, a low impoverished community. You know what I'm saying? So you're fighting for everything. You know what I'm saying? The difference <clears throat> between the Midwest <clears throat> and you know, the Midwest it kind of, I wouldn't say follows the lead of the West Coast, but it's more of a West Coast type, you know what I'm saying, rather than East. You know, in the East, you had, um, you know, you had the mafia, and it controlled everything, you know what I'm saying? Territories, and if you wanted to eat, you had to pay taxes, and if you wanted to get down over here, you had to do this, and, you know, so it was structured. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Kansas, going further west, these are cowboy states. You understand what I'm saying? So, motherfucker, I'll be damned if you tell me, uh, don't show up here, don't show up there, or else, you know what I'm saying, it's going to be problems. Because we just going to pull our pistols and six-shoot it out right here. So, you know, that's the difference. Um, I would say... Chicago and and going back further going back east that's more structured you know what I'm saying that's mafia touched you know what I'm saying mafia tentacles you know what I'm saying structure whereas I would say Chicago going back to the west hey man those are rooting tooting cowboy states you know what I'm saying so you know it can go down anywhere. Anywhere. Saloon, church, dry goods store. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, before y'all even get started with the bullshit, don't fuck with Kansas, man. Now, what I do love about my state is that now Kansas is offering live scoring to the promoters. If, if promoters are interested you have live scoring right there the fighters know exactly where they are if they're behind or if they're in the lead they know exactly what needs to be done you know and I believe that creates a different type of motivation nevertheless it's entirely up to the promoter so but still kudos to Kansas for you know for offering that to the promoters and you know trying to do away with uh you know, just bad scoring all together, you know? All right, moving into boxing. Uh, Caleb Plant, um, a real nice slick fighter, uh, defended his version of his 168-pound title um, in his hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. Caleb looked good. Um, he outclassed, outslicked, and dominated his opponent. Now, sometimes, you know, I'll mention different champions or I'll mention different challengers. And uh, if the opponent, and I don't mean any disrespect, but sometimes opponents aren't re- worth remembering. And the young man that Caleb Plant f- 
fault. He wasn't worth remembering. All I know is that it was utter domination and that Caleb won in his hometown. You know what I mean? And it was the same thing with uh with uh Gary Russell. Um you know, Gary Russell Jr. He was a featherweight champion. Um I believe uh he became champion in like 2015. He defended his title belt like five times. Um I believe he lost to Lomachenko. Um but nevertheless, you know, Gary won his fight. And now I guess he got a decision to make. You know what I mean? Is he gonna move? Is he gonna move up? Because there really isn't any competition that featherweight for him. You know, and he needs to decide, hey man, if I'm gonna move up in weight, you know, and as Larry Merchant used to say, hey man, you at least dare to be great. You know what I mean? And so um with that being said, you know, my man, he has a decision that he needs to make. Um I heard through the great Von Terrence Crawford is um he may be in negotiations with Manny Pacquiao to uh you know for a fight sometime this summer. You know, and and which would be a very good fight. And I also, you know, I wanna see Bud against a legitimate 147. Let me not say that. I wanna see Bud against a good welterweight that's gonna give him issues and watch him make his adjustments. Because Bud Crawford is beautiful to watch in the ring. You know what I mean? As far as boxing goes, hey man, um, Bud is right there, as well as Lomachenko. You know what I mean? So I like the way Bud switches stances. Um, I didn't like the way he fought his last fight because it seems as though he was out to prove something. You know what I mean? And he don't have to. You know, the man is unified titles. You know, all he has to do is just, you know, wait his turn or go make something happen. You know what I mean? Make something happen. Why are you trying to get a 50-50 purse or a 65-45 purse or whatever kind of purse you're trying to get? Hey, man, take the 45. Take the 45% because the bottom line is you want the win. You know what I'm saying? And if you get the win, hey, man, you're calling all the shots. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, Manny versus Bud, that could be next. Okay? Now we get to the meat and the potatoes of the motherfucking scrap game news, man. Here, let me fire my cigar. You understand me? Because, I mean, you know, we still doing the same thing around here, man. You know what I mean? We sitting on the couch, uh, you know, uh, with a nice Monte Cristo cigar. <clears throat> you know, sipping on... Uh, Mimosas, you know what I'm saying? Feeling real good, laid back, you know. And uh, we're going to get into the heavyweight championship of the world. The fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. 
It was the rematch. You know what I'm talking about? It was the rematch in which Tyson Fury came out. The first fight, Tyson Fury came off a three-year layoff. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and really outboxed Deontay Wilder. But Deontay has dynamite in his hands. And so he ended up knocking Tyson Fury down twice. And uh, the last shot, man, it looked like he had killed Tyson Fury. But this sub bitch, Tyson Fury rolls like the mother, like the Undertaker. You understand me? Raises up from the dead. And uh, got off the canvas and went on to, you know, outbox Deontay. Now, when it was all said and done, the judges saw it a different way. And they saw it as a draw. So everybody had, everybody was anticipating this second uh, fight between these two big heavyweights. And, you know, um, Deontay was intense. You know, the whole the whole evening doing the preliminaries, man, he's walking, pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth, you know, like a caged, excuse me, like a caged line, you know what I'm saying? In the meanwhile, Tyson Fury's sitting there in his dressing room laughing, talking, doing his time. So the fight happens. Tyson Fury weighed in at 273 pounds. So the man is 6'9", 273 pounds. Deontay weighed in at 231. That's the heaviest I have ever seen him. But Deontay said he weighed in at like 234 in one of his fights. Okay? <laughs> Excuse me. So the bell rings. First of all, let me say this. Shaka Khan had the worst motherfucking national anthem. Only second to Fergie. I mean, absolutely motherfucking horrible. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, okay. So both the fighters come in the ring. These long fucking drawn out ring walks. You know what I mean? That's why I love Tyson, man. Tyson would just come out with a fucking shirt. I'm with a fucking towel over his head, man. You understand me? Ready to go. So, anyway, these dudes come out to these long-ass ring walks. Of course, Tyson Fury comes out, king on the throne, gypsy king. You feel me? Um, Deontay Wilder, he came out in something. I wasn't sure if it was uh, in the theme of Black Panther. I don't know what the fuck Deontay came out in. But Deontay said that his costume weighed like 40 fucking pounds. Okay. Moving 
right along. <coughs> Opening bell. <coughs> Ding. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, Tyson Fury, I made a few <coughs> adjustments. Um, <coughs> He went to the crunk gym. Uh, he trained with um, Emmanuel, the great, great, great fucking trainer, Emmanuel Stewart. Um, I learned so much from him when he used to do HBO commentating. Man, he was just, he was truly a teacher, you know, and he conveyed that even in his commentary. But anyway, Fury went to go work with his nephew at the Kronk Gym there in Detroit. And, uh, you know, Fury made adjustments. Deontay, I don't believe Deontay made any adjustments. And he, uh, it showed, you know, it really did. But ding, opening bell. Fury comes out, begins to walk straight towards Deontay. Okay. Now, I don't know how many great fighters you know that are able to fight off their back foot. So that right there kind of set the tone. Um, Fury leaned that 273 pounds on Deontay. You understand me? By the third motherfucking round, Deontay did not look good. You understand? He's getting peppered. And his legs look a little shot. You know, they look a little rubber band mannish. So, um, Tyson Fury utterly, thoroughly dominates Deontay Wilder. You understand? Now, of course, we all know uh, the fight was stopped in the seventh round. Um, the towel was thrown in by Deontay Wilder's uh, trainer, Mark Breland, which I commend him because the, because the fight could have been stopped two rounds earlier. For some reason, Deontay was on wobbly legs. Deontay says it's because he had a 40-pound suit on, you know, his little uh, costume that he wore into the ring. But it was the 40 extra pounds that Tyson Fury put on. And he made Deontay carry that weight. He had him on his back foot all night long. Um, Deontay's jab, his jab was a lot better. Than, than I expected. Deontay boxes a lot better than, you know, what people give him credit for. Um, but Mark Breland, former Olympian gold medalist, um, I believe Mark Breland was a gold medalist, former welterweight champion. Hey, man. Um, he had the most experience in that corner. And... He threw the towel in for Deontay Wilder. Deontay goes off talking about I want to go out on my shield, this, that, and the other, whatever, whatever, whatever. 
hey man, you put people in place in order to protect, in order to protect you. And even if that means protecting you from yourself, you display tremendous, Deontay displayed tremendous heart first and foremost, getting into the square circle. You know what I'm saying? And I say this all the time for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching at home, you know, um, he put it all on the line. You know, he put it all on the line. And, and, as well as Tyson Fury. You know, they put their undefeated records on the line. They put their heavyweight titles up. Fury having the lineal championship. Um, Deontay, uh, you know, having the WBC championship. But nonetheless, nonetheless, they both put it on the line. You know, and um, I don't know why Deontay would even... He shouldn't even question his heart because he got up off the mat several times and uh, he fought on. But I commend Mark Breland for protecting his fighter. And now Deontay has opportunity to uh, go into a third match with Tyson Fury. So kudos to Mark Breland. Now, we almost, you know what I'm saying, ready to close out. And I like to say this. It's a lot of suckers that sit behind keyboards, you understand me, make memes and say all kind of bullshit, you know what I mean? Um, and they had a lot to say about Deontay and, you know, what went down. Um... And really and truly, I just like to tell those people to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? For those that made fun of him, you know, <clears throat> for those that had all these memes and this, that, and the other. Now, the interview that he gave and what he said, the 40-pound costume is what weighed his legs down. <laughs> Deontay shouldn't have said that. So, you know, I think he shouldn't take any more interviews. But nevertheless, um... For all of those people that, you know, oh, he should retire. Oh, he sucked. All this, all that, you know, all of that bullshit, all that bullshit. When it's all said and done, Deontay Wilder's name is going to go into the boxing history book. You understand what I'm saying? Deontay Wilder will go down in history. His name will be etched in history as a heavyweight champion. You know, it may not be the lineal, it may not, it may, you know, it may be a version of the heavyweight championship, but nevertheless, his name is going down in the history books. And for the keyboard pushers, where will your name be when the history books close? When it's all said and done, where is your motherfucking name going to be? You understand what I'm saying? Um, It's easy to be a fan and to sit back and, you know, say this and say that about fighters and, you know, what your opinion is. But to sit up and say, man, he should retire. The man hadn't lost in 44 fights. You understand what I'm saying? Granted, some were bums, but Fury fought bums too. Um, you know, every fighter gets a bum or two or three, you know what I'm saying, on their resume. 
But um, yeah, because Ty, because Fury fought two bums right before uh he got a hold of Deontay. Got a hold of Deontay. You know what I mean? So. Now, you know, the truth of the matter is, Fury beat the brakes. Beat the brakes off Deontay. <coughs> Pure, utter dominance. Now, everything I just said was facts. You can go back to the film and you can see it. But there's no way that I would say he needs to, uh, that Deontay needs to retire. What Deontay needs to do is make adjustments. You know, and if he's able to make adjustments, he already has a God-given talent as far as power or a God-given attribute as far as power. He just needs to take care of his skills, man. You know, home in on his skills. And that's 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 all I can say about about that. Um, as I said before, I really, really don't like. I really don't like the fact that, uh, you know, people jumped on their keyboards as soon as the fight was over with and, you know, said a lot of the bullshit they said. Because, you know, the fight game is, is there is no substitute. That you can't call a timeout and say, well, hey, man, uh, you know, uh, 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 have somebody come in and sub for me. There's nothing like that. So... You know, to all you suckers, watch your motherfucking mouth. You know what I'm saying? Watch your mouth. That way, you don't end up on Scrap Game News because somebody told your ass out the frame. You feel me? Okay. We're going to go on and wrap it up with that being said. You know, um, if you need to reach us here at Scrap Game News on the Facebook page, there is... uh, we do have a Facebook page. Of course, it's called Scrap Game News. You'll see uh, the profile picture of Muhammad Ali. The last picture is taken of Muhammad Ali. You'll see his profile picture. Um, you know, leave me a comment, man. Say anything, man. You know, uh, if you need to reach me, hey, on the book, um, just, uh, you know, Type in Damon Mims, and uh, you'll see me sitting there smoking a nice Monte Cristo. Hey man, leave me a comment, man. Um, you can also reach me on Instagram at Peso. Yeah, I know. If you need to get at me, man, get at me. Um, same thing on Snapchat, Twitter. All of that. We definitely want to thank everybody for joining the Serious Scribe Game News. I'm your host, the infamous. Surrounded this knuckle, the low life, aka Smokey the Bear, aka none other than the great motherfucking Ike Turner. Love, peace, and hair grease, y'all. Y'all be cool.